some needs in the church because oh, gosh. I want God to speak to your hearts. I want God to transform your minds and your hearts because that's what it's all about. That's why we're disciples. That's why we're Christians is because we want to follow Jesus. And that's a hard thing to do. Uh, Daniel was telling me that you guys have been going through Ephesians. And so he left me to go through Ephesians 4, uh, starting in verse 25 to chapter 5 uh, to verse 14. So uh, while I was looking at this... um, I was like, okay, what, what can we learn? What kind of context can we learn in Ephesians? And maybe Daniel has gone already through some, but it's a refresher. The church, historical background, we, we have a lot to learn from the church. Um, what was the main message of Paul? Ephesus was one of the world's greatest cities and played a major role in the development of Christianity. Their Christian faith had largely sold out to political powers of the city. I will not enter into details if you guys want to study more about that. But the church embraced more power and control rather than service, sacrifice, and love. And they became greedy, impure, vile, and lived a lot on hatred and anger. And so that's that's interesting. Also, I learned in the temple they had this Barrier, which was a wall about this high all along the temple. And the Jews... So the, the thing what was happening is the Gentiles finally had access to the church. They could become disciples. Amen. And so the whole drama, what's going on is the Jews... It's kind of like when you're raised a certain way for your whole life, and then all of a sudden the Gentiles come in, they have another way of life. It creates conflict, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was this little wall that only the Jews could walk over that wall, and only the Jews had the privilege to go on the other side. And it kind of reminded me, nothing new under the sun. (laughs) There's always a place for somebody. You can go there. The privilege are going over here. And it's kind of like, I wasn't really shocked. I'm like, well, that happened in the 60s and 70s and probably in the 2000s also. In um, the chapter of 1 to 3 was basically, Paul was teaching, what should we believe? What should we believe? And then chapter 4 to 6 is, how should we behave on, based on what we believe in? Because it's not just, okay, I believe in God, I believe in the Bible. Uh, we believe all these things. There needs to be a behavior of change. Without a behavior change, then um, it's like you're like everybody else, you know. Uh, I'm a Christian. I know a lot of people that say they're Christians and they don't live as Christians. And it's sad. And it's like if we're supposed to be the light of the world, then there needs to be very something different. So I don't know if you guys saw this movie, The Swimmers. Uh, I think it's a 2021 movie. Uh, It's Syrian girls that live in Syria and I'm telling this story so you guys can understand better about Gentiles and Jews. So the Syrian girls, they're in Damascus and they're, they're living the war and they're good swimmers. The dad is a coach and they want to go to Berlin, Germany to train and, and one of the girls wants to go to the Olympics. 
So basically, they escape, and you see through, and I'm not going to detail too much, they go, you see through the whole drama of going on a raft that's about half sunken, and they're crossing from basically uh, Turkey to Greece. Wow. And they almost sink, and, and it's crazy. Yeah. But then when they get to Greece, you see uh, life jackets, you see a view from the aerial view, and it's like there's thousands millions of life jackets right there on the shore and then they basically leave the rafts or they sink the rafts in the water and so you're like okay so now i'm thinking okay if i'm greek how do i like people treating my country this way and so we get an attitude right and then when they came into the their country the restaurants were closing their doors because there's maybe 50 people there and they, they don't want to serve because they, they want to protect themselves from being abused. So they close, and, and, and I was thinking to myself, well, that's kind of, it, it's kind of harsh. You know, you close your doors, and I thought, I kind of get the Greeks. I, I can't feed 50 people. I mean, I, I don't have that capacity. And then, it's so sometimes we don't really know what to do with, with it. And then I get the Syrians because you see the story and you're like, wow, they go through this huge drama. Right. And it's kind of like, wow, okay, these guys uh, go through huge drama. Yeah. But then I hear stories in Hungary. They were willing to feed all, all these people, but the Hungarians, I mean, they, they eat pig because that's the cheapest food you can have and it's not a very rich country. Mm. And my wife is from Hungary, so I, I know. Right. <laughs> and, and so... And so, now they don't want to eat pig because of their religion. Like, I can't eat pig. And it's kind of like, dude, what, 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 what am I supposed to do with this? You know, you don't want to eat pig, you're hungry, but I can't feed you anything else. And, but you see, I'm yeah. giving this translation here because that's what can happen in churches, is we get attitudes and we don't resolve anything because we're looking at... Well, this is my turf. Well, this is my turf, and you don't understand me, and I don't understand you. Wow. And it's like, what do you want to do with that? Well, and that's what's happening in Ephesus, basically. So in Ephesus chapter 4, verse 25, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. I'm going to stop there. So I, what I see first before I hit this passage, Paul illustrates the body, illustrates the church, the body and the head, the temple and Christ being the cornerstone. And that's not in this passage. I'm just saying Paul usually uses these analogies. And he uses the church as the bride and Christ being the groom. 
And what I, just looking through this, I see one thing that's essential is if we're not connected and unified to Christ, it's not going to work. Uh, just by those three examples. So, the great question for us, how unified am I with Christ? How is your time with God? And I'm not talking about I'm reading my Bible and I pray. Yeah, come on. There's, there's a deeper, and I'm saying this, I mean, I've, I've been in times where I read my Bible and pray, and it's like I'm in the routine, and I'm just going about my business. I don't feel close to God. I mean, I don't feel like, hey, are we buddies, or are we friends, or are we, it's like, I, I, did, I did my quiet time. But at one point, and that's where it says you got to be truthful. He talks about being truthful and there's honesty. you got to be, first of all, truthful with yourself. Yeah. You know, how is really your relationship with Christ? Right. Is it really deep? Is it really you feel like when you sit down, are you like wanting, are you thirst to open that Bible and read, not read, but God speak to me today. Yeah. And when I read all of a sudden those words become alive and they speak to my heart and to myself. And that's where my mindset starts changing my, my, my behavior. Because when God says something to, to not do this, then it becomes a little more important than, yeah. yeah, okay, God says not to do it, but, you know, I mean, I, I'm just a sinner and I, I, I just struggle with this stuff. And sure, we can all do that for a while, but it's like, let's be honest. And you know, sometimes he talks about this truthfulness and honesty, anger, bitterness. I'm going to share a lot of stories. So if it relates to you, good. If it doesn't, don't take it personally. I'm just sharing my life. Come on, I share. So, so basically, um, first the question I ask to the church, and I've asked myself this to myself. How do I feel about different things in my life, in the church, in my marriage? How are things? Mm -hmm. Is there roots of bitterness? Is there some anger issues? Is there a lack of communication because there's fear in our hearts? We're, we're like, I don't know if I can talk to this person. I might get rebuked mm -hmm. or I might get discipled. And I'm saying these things because it's happened to me. And I've lived for years and years and years in the church and had fear because I thought I would probably get discipled if ever anything like this is going to show up on the table. So, of course, we always say, speak up. And like, okay. And then we go and speak up and says, man, you lack maturity. You lack spirituality. You need to grow a thicker skin. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, that was super helpful, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go to another brother, well, in my case, a brother, but maybe a sister, but... And then it happens the same thing, but in a different style. Yeah. Yeah. I know I've shut my mouth for years and years and years, and... There's something inside that just eats you away. Mm -hmm. I should say something. 
no, you know, I mean, it happens to everybody else. And excuses, excuses, excuses. And I can't be honest with myself, first of all. So what I want to say this morning, first thing that really needs to change is, yes, speak up. But if you're on the listening side, do listen. Do listen, even if it's ugly. Because you're not going to figure out what's what's, what's wrong with the brother, the sister, with the church. If you're not listening to what they're saying. And it's an attitude towards towards me, towards a leader, towards this. It has to come out. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, it's just going to rot there. And eventually, people, that's how people all of a sudden, they fade away and say, oh, Where's the brother? Well, mm-hmm. he doesn't come to church anymore. Yeah. I remember with my daughter, I was studying this part where to give permission to my children to speak up. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when they're kids, like, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. Well, there's a time you can't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I asked the question, how, how do you view me as a dad? Am I a good dad? Am I a bad dad? Tell me. Well, it took at least five or six times to ask, no, no, you're a good dad, you're a good dad, you're a good dad. Then finally, finally I said, no, no, no. You have the permission. I want you to be truly honest. Tell me how you really feel about our relationship. Well, she started all of a sudden, she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I started with one thing. It was like I, I, I really wasn't focused on listening to her really in a deeper way. Because I was like, I got to pay the bills. I got to do this. I got to go to work. And I was working a lot of jobs at the time. And, and I regret that part. But, but listening, I said, okay. And then the time after that, she came with a list of 10 things I needed to change. And, and I said, whoa, whoa. So you see, the thing is... You gotta be willing to open the can of worms, but at least I was able to redirect. I said, "Hey, Tamea, let's let's already work on one thing. I really need to change. That's going to re- really be helpful. What 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 is it?" And she said, "Really listening to me when I have some stuff. I'm talking to you. And I feel you're always spaced out." So, and I have a hard time to focus, that's just who I am. So I really had to make an effort. But you see, that effort is so funny. It helped her change her ways to be more open and talk to me about problems and stuff because now I had let her open up. I had to redirect it. But listening is what happens when you really listen is you can redirect in a spiritual way and in a great way, and then you can finally start building. Yes. And it's, it's tough. I mean, I, I'm letting you know it's it's tough, and you probably all all know that already. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Um, also, the the part about working with your hands and you know working hard and everything. I was trying to think, what is he talking about? So I'm just taking a practical for me in my life. Um, I, I I'm just. I'm just a hard worker. Maybe some people call me a workaholic. Now I'm getting to be too old. I can't work that hard anymore. So I'm starting to phase out of the non-workaholic. But I was taught really an ethic to work hard and get things done. 
And I think, I think there are needs in the church, and I think there are things that we can do. But, and I want to be very respectful here, because I'll, I'll give an example. I think there are needs in the church, but I realize more and more each one of us has to take charge of, of your life. Yes. You know, I mean, I can help, but if there's more needs than helpers, then it's not going to work. And I'll just give an example. I mean, and, and this is not to be critical. This is what stuff has happened to me is I, I have a truck. And so each So each time each time I would show up to work to, to church, brother comes and taps me on the shoulder and tells me, Hey, I see you have a truck, I'm moving in three weeks, uh hey. All right, JJ. We love you, JJ. Nine o'clock. And I'm like, wait a minute. It's like I haven't I'm not sold out on this yet. Um so, so I would go, but, but again, we're making people do things they don't want to do, and being in charge, I mean, there was a point in time when my kids were smaller, I worked two jobs for 12 years, seven days a week, 68 hour weeks, to not lose my house, to pay bills, to pay the mechanic, and not wait Brother, can you uh, fix my house? Can you fix my car? Can you fix this? Can you go and do some grocery? Mm-hmm. I took charge. Yeah. Come on. And we need to take charge because, yeah. no, if I need some help, sure, I'll ask for help. But it's not like my, my first thing I'm going to go and do because I want to be respectful of your time. Mm-hmm. I want to be respectful of who you are. You know, it was so crazy. Non-Christians were like, hey, I'm moving Saturday. They didn't ask me anything. I'm like, you need some help? It's like, mm. and it, it hit me. I was like, wow, non-Christians are like, I asked if I can help. And it was like out of a good heart. Right. And Christians are like, I'm not even driving my truck to church anymore. I take my beat up car and it's like, yeah, I got my Toyota. It's got a small trunk. But, and, and so I don't want us to live like that because we don't become truthful. And and we need to, we really need to, to, to work together and make sure we know each other in a way that, that's going to be helpful. All right. Um, just to stay on the responsible side, we just need to be, re- if we're going to be people that are givers mm-hmm. and not takers, mm-hmm. We need to be able to sustain our own self. Be responsible for our finances. Be responsible for our walk with God. That would be the first one. Be responsible for our marriage. Be responsible for our kids. You know, I work for a school district. I work in the maintenance. I'm not a teacher by all means. Um, But I see parents, they expect teachers to teach their kids and then when it doesn't happen they get all mad with the teacher Mm -hmm. it's like it's not the teacher's responsibility to raise your kids it's not the church either to raise your kids we have a children's ministry and we 
we do children's ministry and we want to teach our kids, that's a backbone. But it's like you're responsible for all these things in your life that God has given you, and you should be grateful for that. And you know, sometimes it's like, we we ask the question, hey, uh, can you help me? But we're already expecting, he's gonna say yes. Yes. And then what happens? No. And we go, what? (laughs) And then I I tell my wife, like, yeah, I got got this thing, um, because I said no. It's like, so where's the freedom in that? It's like, if I don't have the choice to, to choose also what I need to be doing, mm-hmm. uh, but now I'm forced to be doing something I don't want to do, how, how is that Christian? Yeah. So all I want to say is, nobody's going to walk the walk of Jesus except you. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to take care of your wife or spouse except you. And nobody's going to raise your kids except you, your kids. And then, thank God, we have all that support around us. And we can be thankful for that. And you know, it's funny because we pray to God. God, please help this, help that. Let's do this, let's do that. But you know what? I think God has told me no more times than he said yes. And then what's my attitude? Oh, yeah, God, I knew it. I knew it. I'm cursed. Nobody loves me. God doesn't love me. And it's like, wow. If you guys want to turn to Exodus 33. And I don't know, when I read this, I feel this is what church should be. Exodus chapter 13. I mean, I'm sorry, 33. Exodus 33. Starting in verse 8. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances of their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped each at the entrance of, of, it, of his tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. You know, we talk about church, it's about worshipping God. Yeah. And we come to church and we're like, Oh, man, what am I going to do this afternoon? Yeah, lunch sounds great. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, hey, bro. How's it? Oh, yeah. We, we, do we come to church to worship God? I mean, this way. I mean, do we prep ourselves like, oh, I don't need to read my Bible. Today's church, somebody's going to preach a, a good sermon and going to give me some, some scriptures. And I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll feel that I've been fed spiritually. Or do you come prep to church? Do you really? I don't know. It's like, do you eat every day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I mean, unless there's a fast uh, that's proclaimed. But why would you not spend time Sunday morning before coming to church and prepping your heart and mind to come to church? Mm-hmm. Amen. To really receive the word of God, to really come and worship to God, 
Because for me, church is not about people. It's about God. It's about God. And if you come here and it's not about God, and it's about people, you're going to be very disappointed. And that's where the bitterness and the rage and, and all the bad attitudes come around because, well, this brother, da-da-da, uh, or this sister, da-da-da, or the preacher, da-da-da. You know, I think nothing is done intentionally. Um, and so that's why we need to forgive one another because I don't think intentionally, you know, I... I do something wrong, it's, it's just like, I'll say hi to this brother, and then I might skip this brother, and then go to the other brother, and it's like, wow, he didn't even say hi to me. Was it intentional? Of course it was. No. <laughs> but you see, we, we take it as the word of God. We're like, oh my gosh, this brother, I can't believe he didn't say hi to me. Do we have, go and have a conversation with that brother? And then again, what happens again? Oh, bro, I can't even believe that you thought that I, that I missed you. No, let's just listen and say, sorry, I'm really sorry. I, this was not intentional. Instead of being defensive, like, oh, come on. Why would I miss you, bro? I love you. And then it's like everybody, everything feels great again. It's about God. And I have to learn the hard way. Boy, I'll tell you, I went through bitterness and rage, and, and I sinned over and over in the church because... I couldn't take the hypocrisy of the church. I couldn't take how people were insensitive, how people didn't love me, how this and that. And 20 years, 20 years of it. You, know, you can talk to my wife. Boy, she, she put up with me. <laughs> and the thing is, I'm not unhappy I went through it. I definitely learned the hard lesson where now I really come with another view. And I'm not saying, when I say this, I'm, not, I'm saying this humbly, not that, oh, I've, I've, I've got it now. No, but I'm really cautious how I judge and view people in the church or outside of the church with all the fact. Let's read Ephesians 5. So that was a side note, uh, uh, Exodus, uh, just to... Church is amazing. Mm -hmm. Ephesians, now we're in chapter 5, and we're going to read 1 to 14. Be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And among you there must be... There must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of hint of sexual, uh, I'm sorry, any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God and of God, of Christ and of God, sorry. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. 
But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Oftentimes we read this and we're like, oh, okay, this is going to get tough. I don't see it that way. I, I, I don't know. It's like I love imitate the imitators of God. But you see, we, when we have these feelings for God, it's because we're spending time with them. I want to be an imitator of God. And each time I hear this fragrance, it reminds me when I was 14 years old, and, and my dad lived in Germany, and I would do a summer job in Germany. And um, I worked in a, a rose, it was a rose garden. We, we would, um, I forget how you call it. Um, you would cross breed roses to get red and white. If you cross them with white and red, you could get a red and white, and it was really cool. So I worked in there for summer, and this part is not spiritual, but I was 14. Um, I remember I really wanted to please my mom. It, it smelled so amazing that I crawled in there during lunch break, and I, I picked 22 roses for my mom, and I hid them in my bag, and I put it, I wrapped it in, in a, some water, paper with water in it and to keep it because we still had to drive. Uh, to go and see my mom, which was another three hours away. And I remember, well, I didn't tell my dad that I stole, because it's stealing, but I didn't tell him I stole the roses, but I said, hey, look what I brought my mom. And we were, we were in the car, and, and these were still the old roses that really had this perfume, which now it's like, yeah, okay. Uh, I opened that bag and opened, and the whole car was full of fragrance of these 22 roses and my dad was like he was driving he was like wow <laughs> shouldn't our lives be like that yeah. when we walk around and see people should people like each time I see this person I feel so encouraged or I feel there's this fragrance this lightness of, of, of who we are and people like Man, I love spending time with this bro. You don't want to be the, the guy or the gal who's like, oh no, okay, here comes this brother. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to put up with this. Why? This is the gift of God that God is giving us that we can have something completely different than what the society has. Yes. And you know, I, I, I get it. Um, the list of sins, sexual immorality, impurity, greed... It's an addiction. And I get it because I used to be a drug addict. I used to be addicted to drugs for 12 years. And um, it took me a long time to get off. Uh, it wasn't just smoking weed. I, I was doing much more than that. I'm not going to detail anything of it. But I was 12 years in the drugs. And it took me 12 years to really feel that I'm out of it. Mm. You know, whatever you sin, if you've gone 20 years, you're going to have to go 20 yeah. years. Well, yeah. And that's the price to pay. But mm. is it worth it? Yes. yes. 
And so I remember, even after seven years, somebody would smoke a joint, or I'm in, I'm in a metro because I was in Paris, and the guy's rolling a joint. I'm like, God, this guy doesn't know how to roll a joint. I almost felt, and I was a Christian. And I felt like, oh, here, let me show you how to roll a really nice And I'm like, okay. Stay sit. Let him roll his not, not nice joint. But seven years, 12 years, I've been sober since 1985. Amen. So if you ask me, oh man, it's tough, don't tell me that. Yeah. I already know. Yeah. All I'm saying is whatever you're struggling with, and I know that sexual things are addictive. I'm here to tell you, you can master. You can master anything. Now, will you struggle? Will you be in pain? Yes. But you can master it. Um, today, after what? 1985, yeah, I'm almost 40 years um, out. Wow. Um, if I calculate it right. Um, I don't feel that this is part of my life. You know, people say once, once alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Once a drug addict, always a drug addict. I personally don't believe it anymore. Amen. Because I, I, I don't even feel any draw or pull or anything. Sure, I, I could go back into it. I mean... We can all let ourselves go and get ourselves tempted. But I'm not going to do it because I know how hard it was to get out. And I think sometimes God wants us to really struggle. The pain and sufferance is a good thing. It teaches us something. And you know what? To be honest, why is it hard? Well, because it produces pleasure and it fulfills for a bit. I'm here to tell you, Galatians 5.22, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, it is so rewarding and produces way more pleasure and fulfillment than any drug in the world. I would never, ever go back to where I was. In anything that I've repented of, because it was so hard to get out of. Getting close to the end. Um, wow, I already talked about all this. Light and darkness. I was reading something. Where there is light, there's no darkness. Isn't that amazing? I mean, we, we like, well, of course... I'm not an idiot, but, but think, of, think about it. Where there is light, there is no darkness. And where there is darkness, there is no light. Can you imagine if you really grow close enough to that superpower light in your life, and you let that light come in, It'll burn that darkness away. Yeah. Now, now, I'm not saying it's going to be easy or it's going to be quick. Yeah. But it's going to happen. And that's what you guys need to believe in.
like the way he says, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That's exactly what I'm saying, is we need to wake up. We need to go a, a further mile. And let's not get discouraged. It's like, even if you do three steps ahead, it's better than three steps behind. Let's not go like, oh, I want to be great for God. Let's already do a step forward. And that's great for God. Yeah. I just want to give an example and, and conclude uh, with a scripture. It's like Michael Jordan. Say Michael Jordan is your, he's your mentor. He's going to teach you basketball. And so you're like, Michael Jordan? And then you start bouncing the ball. And he's just like, like, I'll never get there. And Michael Jordan says, just practice. And so you start bouncing the ball. He's going to teach you all he knows. Are you going to ever become like Michael Jordan? Probably never. <laughs> Are you going to be a better basketball player? For sure. But you've got to be willing to start there and try. It is a lifelong quest. And God does not expect us to become godly overnight. It's, it's a journey. It's a journey. We need to be willing first to draw near to Him. We need to expect from us to try. Expect us to be willing and th make this your lifelong quest. I'm going to conclude with Revelation chapter 2. <clears throat> this letter was written to the church of Ephesus. So there is a letter to the church. And it's written in, le in red, meaning it, these are Jesus' words to the church. If it's not red, these are the words of Jesus to the church. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who, who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Remember <clears throat> when you came out of those waters of baptism. I remember. It was the most amazing thing that ever happened yeah. to me in my life. It was a new beginning. We need to go back to our first love, which is Jesus. And if it, he's not your first love, don't get discouraged. Keep chugging away. There's people around you. Ask questions. Pray God. Each time I pray God, he said no to a lot of times, but sometimes it was so crazy. 
I pray, and this person that just showed up from nowhere and would help me. And I knew that was God. You know those instances where you know that was God. He's there with you guys. He's, he's going to help you. The spirit that is within you is going to help you change what you need to change. Don't get discouraged. Let's hope and please God by wanting to imitate him as dearly children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and let us be a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God and to others. Amen. Thank you. I'm going to pray for the communion. Father God, we just want to be grateful to you today. And this is a reminder when we take the bread and the juice is so that we can remember you again. Remember who you are and remember your love for this sacrifice on the cross. Father, we want to just re re be reminded more and more and change our minds and spirits and, and hearts so that we can love again and be forgiving one another as we forgive even ourselves. And I pray that this time would be a time to meditate on our lives and see where we're at and make sure that we have the conversations we need to have. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.